my name is Owen Walsh, and you're listening to the latest episode of Cabin Fever. Less a podcast than a group therapy session for writers, brewers, and friends from around the world who like to enjoy a beer together, but can't for now. There's a lot going on in the world right now, and under normal circumstances, we'd get together in the pub and thrash out our ideas over a beer or two. But we can't, because most of us now live in countries where it's impossible to go outside, never mind nip around the corner for a drink. Just a quick note before the start of today's episode to say that some of the audio quality is a bit janky, so hang in there. Uh, Secondly, we'd love to hear from listeners out there how you're getting on, what you're doing to cope, and what you're drinking. So feel free to get in touch on social media. You can find me at Owen Walsh, or you can send me an email at owen at beercity.brussels. I'd love to hear from you. And finally, in my rush to introduce the guests for today's show, I forgot to say what I was drinking. And for today's podcast, I was drinking a beer from local and electric brewery, Brasserie L'Hermitage, a pomegranate sour that they made to celebrate the birthday of one of the co-founders of the brewery, Nassim. So, Nassim, happy birthday. And that's it. Enjoy the episode. I'm delighted to be joined for the latest episode of Cabin Fever tonight by Johnny Garrett, one half of the team behind the Craft Beer Channel, staff writer at Good Beer Hunting and Beer Writer of the Year for 2019. Hi, Johnny. Hello, how are we doing? By Steve Bentel, uh, co-host of the UK's longest-running beer podcast, Opinions. Hi, Steve. Hi, how are you doing? And by Lana Svitankova, writer, uh, representative of Kiev's Varvar Brewery and Ukraine's first certified Cicerone beer sommelier. Hi, Lana. Hey, nice to be here. It's great to have you. As we usually do at the beginning of the show, just going to go around the room and check in with everybody, see what they're doing and what they're drinking. Lana, we might as well start with you. How are you doing and what are you drinking? Oh, well, I'm pretty fine today and, well, in general, in this lockdown period. And I'm drinking uh, Heinz from German brewery Flüge. Uh, it's a apple queen sour. Uh, I'm just big fan of sours in general and I try to support all local breweries uh, which I can get to so that's why I'm drinking this and it's really really lovely. Great we can get into what it's like where you're at at the moment in Zurich uh, but first maybe Steve how are you doing or what are you drinking? Yeah I'm, I'm well thank you just taking a, a advantage of my allotted time to do my exercise in the sun um, at the moment <laughs> which is which is quite nice here in the UK. Uh, it really does feel like the weather's mocking us at, at the moment. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm drinking um, a Bitburger collab with Sierra Nevada, a triple hopped lager that they've done, which is um, tasting pretty incredible, actually. I've picked up quite a few of these recently, and it's an, an absolute cracker of beer for the weather. And Johnny, last but not least, how are you getting on and what are you drinking? I'm good. I'm loving life in my pokey Zone 2 in London on bed <laughs> flat. Um, but I work from home generally, so I'm pretty well suited to it, um, which means I'm experienced enough to know that Imperial Stout is the only thing that will do the job. Uh, so I'm drinking um, Barrel-Aged Vanilla Shake from McKellar, which is actually research for a story I've been working on, um, telling the story of, of Mickle um, and the McKellar Brewery through the medium of his, his uh, Beer Geek series, which kind of kicked it all off for him. It's a hard life, but somebody has to do it, don't they? Ah, exactly. But uh, come here, we might as well start with you. Um You've been pretty busy the last couple of weeks. It's yeah, it's interesting. Everyone sort of assumes that the the world of a freelance beer writer is is going to be pretty quiet right now. Um, and it's been kind of nuts for me. We've because of my role as, as staff writer at Gibber Hunting and new, news writer specifically, so on the sightline list, uh, I've written probably six news stories in the last fortnight around everything that's been happening. 
Um, that sort of tailored off a little bit recently because we sort of know what we're in and it's going to be about three months before it changes again. Um, yeah. I'm, I, to be honest, my next story is probably going to be the first of the failures, um, which are bound to be just around the corner. Um, but yeah, otherwise, lots of stories about how the government's uh, adapting to the new uh, situation and how mostly how pub companies are extraordinarily failing to. Yeah, I mean, I know you were talking a little bit about it on your own podcast, which I'll give you the opportunity to plug at the end of the show. But a lot of, I mean, it's been, some of the stuff you've been reporting has been pretty grim, pretty tough stuff for businesses. And I know a lot of, I mean, you would know a lot of people in the business itself. Yeah, I think the the full extent of the trauma that's going on is, isn't known yet. And it's really hard to get it across in what are relatively short articles. Um, but I... A couple of the breweries are feeling okay. None of the pubs are. Um, I think a lot of people think the pubs have the most support in that they've got their wages covered. Some have had their rents completely cancelled. But even with the rents cancelled, they've got a couple of months um, as things stand before they go under. You know, the rent's not the only thing they have to pay. The wages aren't the only thing they have to pay. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it has been pretty bleak. Um and it's been amazing to see sort of the collective action that's happened around that. But as yet, there's no um, no kind of light at the end of the tunnel for them. Uh, and, and bottle shops, I, I got in a bit of trouble because we, we, we probably used the wrong word in the title of our bottle shop story, um, saying that um, uh, they were sort of having boom times. Um, I don't know how else you'd describe a, sort of describe a 200% increase in sales. Um, but... Uh, it's not been pleasant for them. They've had to balance, you know, the stability of their business against the safety of their employees and customers. Um, and their tough time is about to come because when everyone is released from their their one bed uh, prisons, they're not going to be going to the bottle shops. They're going to be going to the pubs and the tap rooms. So that's that's when they'll really struggle, I think. Yeah, and there's only so much beer that you can order. There is a finite amount of beer that you can drink over the next X number of months that we're going to be stuck inside. Yeah, well, you may have seen, I took a guy to task on Twitter before finding out he was an academic in the area of alcohol research. (laughs) (laughs) But he was saying that, you know, we should be using this period as a chance to recalibrate how much we drink, not sort of going out to the supermarket. And he brought out this statistic, which is true, that we're spending about 200 million more a week on alcohol in supermarkets. But we're spending, I think, just over a billion less a week uh, in pubs and bottle shops and bars and restaurants. So we're actually drinking less, probably, but there's no way to know. So for him to make old claims like that got me very, very angry. And I hope he doesn't come out with fully researched papers in a couple of months that takes me to task. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I know I saw the WHO were saying that we shouldn't be using alcohol as a coping tool in this difficult time. Um, I'm not using it as a coping tool, just to be clear. If there's any WHO listeners, <laughs> um, but I, I am, I have, I am drinking probably more regularly than I used to. You know, yeah, and that's especially that's as- to be expected, really. Um, I, I'm probably not taking as many days off a week as I used to, but I certainly haven't had more than two a night, which I think is pretty good going, given the extreme trauma we're all under. And I don't think we'll quite recognise how stressed and weird it feels until it's all over. 
Yeah, I don't know what the other what you other guys think about that, Steve. I don't know if if you've noticed sort of an uptick in either buying or drinking of of what you have at home. Uh, I've I've tried to to regulate myself a little bit more, if I'm honest. And yes, why well, it would be very easy to just treat this like one long Friday night. Um, it's it, it's it's also a very slippery slope once you go down that. So I'm I'm trying to make sure I'm not drinking every night, and I'm not just reaching for a beer just for the sake of it because it's become habit. Trying to have uh, at least a dry day in between the days when I am drinking, um, and 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 just just like I say, just really really moderating the the, the way that I'm drinking. It it would be very easy just to dive into the stash of beers that you've got, and I'm sure mm. I'm sure I'm not alone in, in in being the only person that suddenly panic bought a load of a load of boxes of beer online when when we first went into lockdown to make sure I had enough to get through. But I want to make sure I've got enough to get through r- rather than just drink it all in one go kind of thing. Yeah, I'm 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 very much the same. The Friday morning that we went on lockdown here in Brussels. I did a cycle around a couple of breweries nearby and I have two crates of triples of, of 20 bottles of triples that I think I'm going to struggle eventually to get through. But it's sort of like I have all this beer now and I feel like there's an obligation to get through it at a certain point. <laughs> what kind it's, of- it's, it's great to know you've got it there. Yeah. What about you, Lana? What's the situation like in Zurich? Well, actually, I let's be honest. Okay, I think everyone drinking more than usual and it's because people are like anxious, stressed, they have no idea what will happen next. And another reason is like a lot of my friends or people I know supporting local breweries. And actually then you're trying to order online, you don't order a bottle or two, mostly order a box. So you had to go through these boxes. And like uh, here in Switzerland, everything is delivered by National Post. So it's still working and delivery is pretty fast. And I'm trying to support like breweries I know already or discover new breweries. And usually it's a box. But uh, I don't think that I have some maybe like favorites there. So mostly it's like one of each um, I can't say that it's mostly IPAs or saisons or whatever, just one of each. What's the situation like in Switzerland right now? Is it a full-on lockdown like in most of the other countries of Europe? or is it? Well, I have to say that Swiss people are quite orderly. So when <laughs> uh, they told people, please stay home, all of you, they stayed. Uh, like... Uh, I work from home as well, so I don't see many people and I don't live in the center of the city, but I go for runs and most of the people who I see, they are runners or people walking their dogs. Like nobody is laying in the sun on the grass, enjoying this like a small holiday. And I've heard that uh, Swiss government asked mobile operators to check people locations. Like, do they gather in like, some places in quantities or not and they said like okay you're nice people so we won't do any like strict limitations so you can go out but please no more than like five people in one place Uh, you can go for a run you can go shopping but of course all pubs and bars are closed and shops as well 
Yeah, I mean, I don't like to perpetuate stereotypes, but if there's one stereotype that I'm comfortable perpetuating, it's orderly Swiss people. <laughs> I think of all of the nations of Europe who, are, who will do as they're told, I can guarantee that the Swiss will be right up there at the top of the list. I'm not surprised in the slightest. But you said off mic before we started that you're quite busy. So what's keeping you busy right now? Well, actually, like I work from home for a brewery in Ukraine. So basically all I do doesn't matter if I have to be somewhere or not. Um, and actually, well, we have a lot of things to do. We had like great plans, updates, uh, re- like a bit of rebranding as well. But And now it's happened. So it doesn't make any a- anything easier or less work. But actually, honestly, I feel stressed as well. So my brain is like a small little animal. It has Mm -hmm. something to do all the time. So now that I have like some spare time, I translate two books on beer. Have have no idea if I will find a publisher. But anyway, I get I I get myself busy. Yeah, well, that's good. I mean, and Johnny and Steve, I know you guys are keeping yourself busy. You both have uh, podcasts that you're recording remotely. Um, and Steve, I saw that you did a virtual bottle share last night. How did that go? Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun actually, because um, we've we've got a bottle share group um, in in Essex that has been going for just over five years now, and we we regularly meet on the first Tuesday uh, of the month, and we've we've never missed one um, for for not any reason um so obviously when when we went into lockdown we were like well i'm pretty sure we could still at least all get together so um <laughs> we we went on to to zoom last night and we we hosted yeah our first virtual bottle share which although we weren't able to necessarily share the same beers um <laughs> we were all able to, to to drink and have a good time and and, and chat and it went on considerably longer than the normal bottle shares do it has to be said yeah but it must be great just to be able to do it it was regardless of what format yeah yeah it was it was brilliant and it was um you, you know you get that initial when you've got a lot of people on one one thing at one time you you've got a, a settling in period where everybody wants to talk and people aren't really looking at what other people are doing in terms of cues and and it was interesting as the night went on that everybody kind of slotted into a very easy rhythm of, of conversation. Yeah. And it, it was, you know, I guess, I guess for the time being, it's, it's the new normal and that's, that's how we'll be hosting our bottle shares for the next coming, coming months. And uh, Johnny, um, obviously you have craft beer channel, you have GBH stuff. You just published something on Pelicle this morning, but I also saw that you were working on your guitar skills. <laughs> yeah. So, um, up until the age of about 22, I wanted to be a musician. Um, I had a really wanky band called Chasing Faces that tried to be Sigurus. Um, we, I bowed my guitar. Um, we made like concept albums and EPs. Um, and we played the toilet circuit of the southwest of England. Um, and I haven't played guitar in a long time. I then had a wedding band when I first moved to London and played weddings. I was in a jazz band and sang for a jazz band and I haven't done any of it for years. Basically, almost since I went freelance uh, about two years ago, I I gave up all that to focus on actually making money. Um, Yeah. And so this was a great excuse just to get the guitar out and do some proggy stuff. So one of my favorite TV shows on earth is Friday Night Lights, which is Mm -hmm. American high school football in Texas. Um, and the, the the soundtrack is done by explosions in the sky. 
which is one of my favourite bands, and I just thought I'd try and recreate that kind of vibe. Um, made a five-minute video I put on Twitter, but it was about two hours of noodling around. Um, and once I decided to record it and stick it online, it was another hour of not fucking up before it was finally postable. Um, how rusty were you? Um, I'm going to say about as rusty as my guitar strings. Um, <laughs> it was really weird. So I, I had my, my pedal board um, and I opened it up and it was still set up exactly from the last time I closed it, which would have been a wedding in 2015, I reckon. Um, mm-hmm. So it still had strepsils in there. Um, there was a broken guitar string because I broke my guitar string mid-set. It was weird, like almost like Indiana Jones-esque, like open it up and it's like it's been like that for centuries, millennia even. Um, so yeah, I was pretty rusty. And my fingers still <laughs> hurt. Uh, I've lost all the calluses on the tips of my fingers. Yeah, you've gone soft. I've gone, it literally gone soft, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I thought it was interesting what Lana was saying about, you know, it's hard to concentrate on things, you feel stressed you know, there's a lot going on. It's hard to work on creative things. How are you finding that? Well, I mean, for a start, I really feel for people that are working from home for the first time. Um, I know it took me a good couple of months to actually tune in and be an effective worker at home. Um, I found the first couple of weeks, well, we're still in the first couple of weeks, but the first week really tough because you do just get stuck into the 24-hour news cycle. Every time there's an announcement, you want to watch it. Um, and it's incredibly hard to focus. Um, I've actually been spending less time on social media. I've been taking long lunch breaks, which I never do. Um, playing computer games, playing guitar, going for a run, doing the like the, the food shopping at lunchtime as well to try and break up the day. Um, and I've sort of got into a, a rhythm and avoided the 24-hour news cycle. Yeah, no, that's true. How, how successful are you other guys, the other two? They're on the line. How, how successful are you guys at sort of minimizing the stress caused by the daily news churn? It's, um, yeah, it, it was a challenge. I was, um, in, in terms of the day job, I was furloughed fairly quickly, um, almost uh, a week before the, the, the lockdown actually happened. Um, yeah. So I was like, well, I, you know, I can't just sit at home literally doing nothing. All, all day long so I've, I've tried to make sure i've got some sort of pattern of activity to do whether, whether that's sort of like a a daily household chore making sure i get out for some exercise um doing some 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 bits of of, of admin for sort of the podcast and things and and then just largely once all that's done i've i've just been diving back into the marvel cinematic universe and and, mm-hmm. and starting from the beginning and going going through all those films again important question chronologically or in um sequence of release date i am still in sequence of release date i can't i can't get on board with the chronologically because i think there are too many easter eggs and and nods in the films in the order that they were released that don't necessarily make sense chronologically yeah and I guess that's something comforting as well to go back to something that's so familiar. Yeah, abs- absolutely. And, and the big thing for me, I mean, I, you know, I'm a massive fan of that series of films anyway. Um, but it's great to now go back, having got to the end of, of the current series, so to speak. So having seen where they got to with Endgame, 
and then going back to the very start and seeing all the subtle references that you know they've sat and gone through hours of films while they were writing Endgame to make sure it was included. Um, yeah. It's just just brilliant in terms of in, in terms of a cinematic event. I I don't think in my lifetime there won't ever be anything like what Marvel have created there. Yeah, it's true. Um, something we were talking about on Tuesday's show was. Well, I asked the guest that we had on, Martin, obviously your co-host, Steve. Um, we were talking about where's the place that you're most looking forward to getting out to once we're allowed outdoors. Um, Lana, is there somewhere that you have in mind, like a bar or even just well, just a rest? Uh, actually, I'm a travel addict. So uh, the thing depresses me the most right now. It's all the cancellations I had. So basically on Saturday, I was supposed to fly to Japan and now I'm not. So I think the first day I would know that everything is like more or less okay. Um, I would buy tickets somewhere. Um, not sure about like going to a bar, a restaurant, I don't know, but I really want to fly somewhere. <laughs> to see new places maybe or maybe like see people again i see them on like on all the messengers we also have this uh bottle sharing or drinking sessions online but it's not the same actually yeah i don't want to i don't want to be the harbinger of doom but i i feel lana like you may be waiting a while yeah i know i know so i'm optimistical realist so, <laughs> anyway no i say that only because uh our, our children today were sort of scheming as to where their holiday would be in 2021 accepting that they will not be going anywhere except maybe holidaying in our own house this summer so i'm, I'm already happy that they're in that mindset yeah what can we do just wait yeah what about you steve um, I, th I think for me, the first first thing I'm really looking forward to is actually seeing my partner again, um, because we're kind of isolated in separate homes at the moment. Yeah. Um, so that's that's gonna that's quite tough on on us to be honest with you, because you know we're oh. we're, we're spending a lot of time on FaceTime, but we're, we're not getting to physically see each other. It's been uh, as we recall today, it's three weeks tomorrow since I last saw her um so yeah i'm just i'm just really looking forward to going and spending some time with her but once we've got that over we're going out and we're going to the victoria inn in colchester which is a a, a proper pub and the the right atmosphere and we're going to have a great evening in there I, I think us us and many others i would have thought firstly i would just want to say i'm really sorry steve that absolutely sucks to be separated from your partner um and i'm i'm very lucky to be living with my partner and the the thing I'm most looking forward to doing is her 30th birthday was two weeks ago um, and I had a big secret day planned for her and had to cancel all of it. Her, her birthday was the day the pubs closed. Um, oh no. So I had a, a secret party planned at the Pembury Tavern Five Point Pub uh, for beer and pizza. Um, so I, I haven't cancelled that. We're just going to do it as soon as we're allowed back out. Um, and then we're also getting married this year in September. So that's that's on the ropes. It, gun to my head, I'd say it, it might still happen. Um, yeah. We've got a, a honeymoon in, in November where we, we were hoping to go to um, the Florida Keys. So that's that's what's keeping me feeling happy right now. Well, fingers crossed for that one. And 
I mean, you're absolutely right. And I know sometimes people feel a little bit guilty about feeling sad for missing things like birthday parties and obviously Steve being separated from your partner. That's a really emotionally difficult thing to have to go through um, when such globally monumental things are happening. But each of these things, small and big, accumulate inside of you and, and there's no way to get out or to, to, to escape it because as, you know, as everybody who's probably listening, we're all stuck indoors. So it's good to have, as Johnny was saying, things to look forward to. Mm. Something we always, I always like to do is we get towards the end of the show before you can promote yourselves and whatever you've got going on, um, is to just, if there's anything that you've noticed in your lives, good, bad, irritating, encouraging that you've seen over the last week or two that you want to talk about for me, it's actually a positive one. Usually I'm the one who's bringing the mood down by complaining about how awful it is to have two small children in the house. Um, uh, I recently bit the bullet and signed up to Zwift. So some of you may not know what Zwift is, but anybody who's into cycling will know. It's like a, it's, yeah, it's like virtual reality cycling when you s- sit on an indoor bike trainer and you cycle there and you've got your little digital avatar on your computer screen and you can cycle around with your friends and it's all very nice and exhausting and makes you sweat like nothing else. But it's, a, it's enjoyable and I felt like I really needed some exercise the last couple of weeks. So if anybody's out there who's uh, on Zwift and wants to cycle with me pathetically, then you can look me up. I had a conversation with my girlfriend about how I probably shouldn't cycle during this because there's enough uh, pressure on the NHS anyway that if I came off my bike, um, that would either be unneeded stress or it would be um, probably not to my benefit if, if their focus is elsewhere. So I'm really missing cycling at the moment. I'm a much better cycler. A cyclist and a runner, and, and I'm sure that a machine uh, so that I can cycle in my own house is is very hard to get hold of at this point. Yeah, most of the online shops are sold out. I'm lucky that I have one that I bought like a decade ago, which has been used probably about 20 times in the last 10 years. Um, so it's in pretty good nick. But uh, I had to dust some of the cobwebs off of it last night the and stuff kind of set it up. Coming out of storage right now in houses, all like all kinds of fitness equipment. Lots of people going. I got some dumbbells for when I was at university. Yeah. All this kind of stuff must be amazing. What about you guys? Anything good, bad, positive, negative happening to you over the last week? I think I've just um, d- d- discovered the world around me, really, in, in terms of where I live. <laughs> um, I, you know, I live in a in a fairly small town out in in, in the middle of Essex. Um, that's that, that's fairly industrial, but actually within a five minute walk, I've got miles and miles of beautiful countryside right on my doorstep. Um, and I'm just, uh, I'm actually really enjoying discovering the the, the, the footpaths and, and, and seeing where they take me. We're the same here. We've got a couple of parks nearby that I've never been to. And now it's sort of like, oh, let's get outside and walk around, do our lap or two laps and stare at all the people who are sitting on the grass. <laughs> um, which, uh, what about you, Lana? Well, if guys tell us about nice things, I would tell about irritating. I will be a cute guy today. So uh, actually, it was, it's just a point I would like to bring the attention of all people, I don't know, listening or who will be uh, like enjoying this podcast later, uh, is that like now people are kind of, again, stressed and sometimes they go and vent their frustration on Facebook, Twitter, whatever, social media. And then they are unhappy and they something happens which annoys them even more. Uh, they don't choose words. So 
I'd like to remind everyone that behind every avatar is a person. So just let's let's treat each other as adult people and not unhappy kids. No offense intended to kids. <laughs> um, what about you, Johnny? Before before we dive into the to the plugs and the promos, um, anything? I've, I've got a lovely story. I'll, I'll keep it positive. We'll leave the negative to Lana. Um, so I, I live in the opposite of what Steve and uh, Steve lives in, which is I live in yeah zone two of London. It's built up to hell and we're all pretty much, I don't have a balcony or a garden or anything I can go outside in. Uh, but I spent um, Sunday sat on, we've got a little ledge. So I was sat out there drinking beer um, and enjoying the fact that just across the road from me, uh, there's a family uh, with a 18 year old kid called Joe. Um, I didn't know he was 18 and I didn't know he was called Joe until it was his 18th birthday, which was uh, last Sunday. And his parents had clearly put out a sign um, for anybody walking past, so just on the street, that says, please shout happy birthday, Joe, as you go by. So for the entirety of the day, from about 8 a.m. in the morning to midnight, everyone in the park was shouting, happy, happy 18th birthday, Joe. And it was a wonderful story because almost everyone did it. I was sat there watching me and my girlfriend, and you could see like some people sort of read the sign maybe take a photo for social, think about it. And some people were just too shy. Some people just saw the sign and just blurted it out immediately. Um, and this poor guy, Joe, just like for the first four hours was so on board, loving it. <laughs> yeah. And then by like 6 p.m., you could hear him just go, thanks. And he shouted thanks about two, three hundred times. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's something I should have tweeted about, and it probably would have gone viral. But I had no idea how to make that funny and immediate, so I, so I didn't. Uh, it's a very positive end note on which to end the show. Um, before we sign off, just want to say thanks to my three guests, Lana, Steve, and Johnny. Um, this is the chance for you guys to let people know where they can find you if they don't know you already. Um, Steve, where can they find uh, the podcast? Um, we're at Beer O'Clock Show on, on all socials, beeroclockshow.co.uk. Uh, we're on all good podcast apps, and we're currently releasing on a weekly basis. So every Thursday morning from 6 a.m., you, you can get a new show in your podcast feed. Perfect. And Johnny, Craft Beer Channel? And all of your other work that you're currently occupied with. Yeah, you can head to uh, youtube.com slash the craft beer channel, um, which is where we do a video every week and a live show once a month. So next Wednesday, we're doing the next uh, digital pub club where you, you just sign in and you can have a chat with us and we'll be drinking and holding a pub quiz and doing lots of nonsense. Um, we do a podcast every Friday at 5 p.m. It's called Friday 5 p.m. where we talk nonsense and talk about the weird world of YouTube. Uh, and then, yeah, if you want to feel depressed, go to goodbearhunting.com slash sightlines and read the more serious <laughs> side of what I do. Um, I joined the last live show, so I can hardly recommend it. Um, it and Lana. But it was fun. <laughs> it was, yeah, well, it was rough and tumble, you know? So what can you do? Um, and, and Lana, what about you? Where can people find your stuff? Well, I'm not sure about, like, if it will be useful because I'm writing in Ukrainian. <laughs> and I have no idea if someone will understand anything, but I like for the last five minutes, I wanted to do this. Happy birthday, Joe. <laughs> I'll pass it on. I'll shout next time I'm outside on my. Uh, Great, thank you. 
I also want to be a part of such a small, warm and cozy story. So happy birthday, <laughs> do. Okay, great. Um, that's it. We're going to wrap up now. Um, thank you guys for coming on the show. Um, stay safe, stay well. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks. Thanks. That was Cheers. cool. And that's it for today's episode of Cabin Fever. Many thanks to our guests and to all you listeners out there. If you enjoyed today's show, do make sure to subscribe and we'd really appreciate it if you'd give us a review on whatever podcast platform you're using. Until the next time. <laughs>